And here we are, guys. Here we are. What is up? This is going to be a good one, guys. I hope you guys are ready for this one because the death of the broke barber in 2022. It's over for y'all. It's over. Just allow me to be the first one to tell you it, it's over for you. A lot has changed. We're almost two years deep into this pandemic. Uh, if you guys remember, the content has shifted since the pandemic. I start talking more about finance, investing, personal responsibility, and other things that pertains to barbering. But there's been a heavier concentration of that. If you've been paying the, uh, close attention over the past couple of years, also, I've, if you want to say, fell off from YouTube because I just haven't been posting that much. But for those of you that are just tuning in, smash that like button, share the podcast and all that good stuff. But we're going to talk about some stuff that if you fit into this category, you may want to be careful. You might want to be on the lookout for this because playtime is over, guys. Time is up. It's time to show and prove where you're nuts. We got to figure some things out. So all the $20 haircutters, that stuff's over with, guys. The $20 haircutters, sorry for you. For the people that don't want to progress in barbering and do things the right way, oof, it's going to be over. There's a lot of weird things that are happening that are going to affect people moving forward uh, as a result of the pandemic and just the nature of what the government is doing and other things like this. Uh, you guys are going to be need to be very, very, very careful uh, with this one. But I still can't believe that there are people that charge $20 for a haircut. Now, look, we've been having this conversation for, oof, man, what? Well, at least a $20 per haircut conversation for, man, more than five years. We have to get past this. You know, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I'm going to dead it right here. It's just asinine to be charging $20 for a haircut in 2022. We saw what happened with inflation over the past year. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was 6% somewhere around there. And how, how do you plan on keeping up with the Joneses when you're still charging $20 for a haircut? That stuff is it's just not going to fly. Housing prices, astronomical. Rent prices have gone up substantially. How are you going to keep up with $20 per haircut? Now, look, one could say, hey, I can cut more. Hey, I can cut faster. Hey, I can open up a barbershop. Yes, you can do that, but... That just leads to nothing for a lot of people. So you're putting a bunch of people in a bad situation. So you have, let's say, 10 barbershops. They all charge $20. Then you just have a bunch of broke barbers, and they're slaving away to make a living. Now, look, I want you guys to live a good, have a good living. I, I want you guys to enjoy the things in life that you want, do the things in life that you want, and pursue your dreams. I don't want you out here struggling. You know, the, this broke... Barber attitude, this mentality, not wanting to raise your prices, which you know, I'm raising my prices this week, and all this other stuff, you're not going to be able to keep up. And as I told you guys before, there are some things happening, me personally, in my life where there's some milestones that are being hit that you, you're going to see. 
And there's going to be a dramatic shift in what's going on. Whoa, what's that? Okay, man, I'm tripping. Yeah, there's going to be a dramatic, a dramatic shift in what's going on. And I'm going to share these updates with you guys. I'm going to share the milestones with you. And I'm not looking back. And by the way, I do one-on-one consulting. So if you want to know any more about that, DM me at I do a barber on Instagram and we can iron that out. Because if you don't have your game on or your plan intact right now, I've been talking about this for the, what, like the pal. I mean, look, once we get to March, it'll be officially two years. I'll just label it two years as of now. I've been talking about this for two years. When are you guys going to wake up? I'm just curious. When are you guys going to wake up? Because no one's going to be coming here to save you. I'm sorry. I know some of you might think this, want this, or might just have an inkling in the back of your mind that, oh, I have a premonition that, oh, this someone's going to come save. No, 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 no. No one's coming to save you. I'm sorry. You have to save yourself. And this is why I talk about the stuff I talk about. And people get a little bit upset. They don't want to hear about this stuff because they, they want feel good stuff. It's like a gnat flying around. So if you hear, watch, see me clapping at something, I'm trying to kill a gnat. Um, no one's coming to save you guys. Uh, you know, this whole wishing a prayer stuff and I'm going to rub a genie bottle. I'm going to keep my rabbit's foot. I'm going to click my heels two times. Like That stuff is not going to work, guys. You got to put in work to get what you want. You have to put a plan together to get what you want. You cannot just wish, hope, dream that it's going to happen, that it's going to just materialize out of thin air and hope that the universe blesses you, blah, blah, blah. That's not going to happen, guys. I'm sorry. You got to put a plan together. And that's where I come in. I can definitely help you with the planning, definitely help you with getting yourself on track. And I've done that for people, I guess, yeah, we're in a new year, so last year. So I hope some of you hit me up on Instagram, especially if you don't have your stuff together. Now, I know what I'm, I'm going to do something a little bit different with the, the consulting slash mentoring. I'm going to require a, a follow-up. So when you book these consults, there's going to be a follow-up attached to it because I noticed some people, they get a consult, but they may not follow through. And that's what I want. See, I want the best for you. I want to hold you liable for your actions. Yes, you've paid for the consult. Yes, you've taken the time to talk to me and put this plan together. But the question remains once the consult's over, do you actually follow through with the action once the consult's over? So for those who book consults in the future, there will be a follow-up, a follow-up a month after just to see what's going on. Because I've talked to people that have done consults and they're on track. Things are still go uh, going well and they're going forward. The thing is, a lot of people want it right now. There's a lot of microwave. This broke barber stuff where you just want it right now. You just want to hustle. You just want to. Mm. No, becoming the man takes time. You can't become the man overnight. This is not in internet instant fame. No, this is totally different. Totally different. And shout out to everyone who's watching. Not sure where you guys are watching from. Smash the like button if you're in the building. 
and also drop where you're watching this from. I'm actually kind of curious, but I'm going to be more diligent with the podcast this year because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. The next two to three years for me is going to be, oh, actually, no, I'll say the next two to four years for me is going to be crazy. And you guys are going to see the progression. I'm going to show you because all of the stuff that I've talked about in the last couple of years, this is that stuff that I'm talking about going to the next level. And if you're tuning into this podcast, if you tune into this YouTube channel, that's what I want for you. I don't want you to be in that lower percentile. I don't want that for you. It, trust me, guys, it's not cool. I've been broke, guys. I've been broke before. Being broke, living paycheck to paycheck, having tons of debt, things in collections. This stuff is not cool at all whatsoever, guys. I remember the days where, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, having to go to work and having no gas to get to work. So I'm moving, literally going through my couch to look for change, looking you know, around the house, looking for change to find money to put in my gas tank. Now, these days when I go to the gas pump, I'll just fill up and I fill up no matter what the cost is because these things are insignificant to me now. But many, many moons ago, it was a totally different story. And these days it's interesting because I'll go up to the pump and I'm not sure if you guys do the same thing where you'll look at the pump and you'll see $3, $5, like $2. You'd be like, and I don't know if you guys ever pay attention to this stuff, but I do. And smash the like button if you're in the building. Shout out to Desmond, Ivy Mac Talks, Anthony Abshaw. Shout out to all of you guys. And it's quite interesting because when I see this, I remind myself or I think of myself back in the day and I say to myself wow that was me now I don't know the circumstances of the person who did this who knows maybe they're riding a scooter probably not probably not right maybe they have a motorcycle probably not <laughs> you know what I'm saying so these things make me think back on that time like damn what the hell are these people doing where they can only put this much in their car because look we're not going to sit here and say like, oh, maybe they were filling up the tank. No one's going to fill up when their tank's only minus two, three, four, five dollars. It doesn't make sense. So it was actually quite crazy, you know, these times. And I told myself, if I can get out of this state of brokenness, the state of wackness, the state of fucked boy isness, whatever, I told myself I will never come back here again. And I haven't. I have not retreated. I have not wavered i have not thought about waving the white flag and going back to that state of brokenness trust me it's not cool at all guys i'm telling you if you're broke again i can help you it's it's a struggle it's a process this is where you have this, uh, look you're going to show your metal when you're broke when you're down and out you are going to have to show your metal and find out what you're worth if you're a broke barber it's time to show and prove 2020 it's up man it is up it is up. <laughs> Shout out to Bearded Votto. But I, I'm telling you guys, if you're a broke barber, if you if you have a bad way of thinking, if you don't want to see other people succeed, if you don't want to push the industry forward, if you don't want to push yourself forward, if you don't want better for yourself, especially if you, let's say you want to own a house and you don't, you got to start doing stuff now. To get you there because it's not going to happen overnight. Like I said, being the man does not happen overnight. It's a process. Things are going to happen, especially depending on how bad your situation is. And look, you could be repo, stuff in collections, 
bad credit, not making a lot of money. If, if, if you're in that low stratosphere, it's going to take some time. It's not going to happen overnight. Just know it's a process. Know it is a process. You can't just fix your credit overnight. You can't just get things out of collections overnight. You can't get stuff out of repo overnight. You can't just wipe that stuff clean overnight. You can't just make a bunch of money overnight. This is why being the man is difficult. And I'll talk to my clients at the barbershop about this, especially uh, my younger ones. And I tell them, I'm like, hey, man, you need to get your income up above this threshold, a certain threshold. You know, we're, we're not going to talk about that. But I tell them you got to get your credit in order. You need to be at a position where you can live on your own. Now, look. I don't look down on people who live with other people, like a roommate or live at home with their parents. But here's the problem with that. When you do not have the means to live on your own, it's a difference if you're living with someone else and you have the means to move out on your own and finance your lifestyle and actually still live a comfortable life versus living with someone else because you can't afford it. There's a big difference. You living at home because, hey, maybe your parents allowed and you're like, hey, I got a plan that I'm working. And, hey, if I wanted to move out of this house, I could do so. But I'm choosing to do this to save up a little extra money and do this, that, the third. That's cool. But doing it because you're broke, because you're only making $20,000 a year, less than $30,000 a year. You maybe have you're living at the top of your income, things like this. <sighs> These are things you got to get out of. And it's like I say, guys, it's tough, guys. It's not going to happen overnight. You got to know what you want. You got to sit here and say to yourself, what, what type of life do I want to design for myself? Like, what do I long for? What do I see myself in 10 years? Like, what do I want? These are the questions you got to answer. And only you can truly answer those questions, but... I'm curious for everyone that's watching. Are you in a position right now that where you want to be? Answer in the comments. I'm curious if you if you dare to be bold. Leave that in the comments. Do you guys know? And again, another question for you guys in the comments. Do you know where you where you're gonna be in five to ten years? Do you have a five to ten year plan, a twenty year plan? You know, you have long and short term goals. I do. I have a goal for the next five years. I have a goal for 10 years. I have a goal for 20 years. If I'm blessed enough to live that long, hope, because I have some lofty goals and I have some things that I want to achieve financially, uh, personally, and things like this. So it, it oh my gosh, it really baffles me, guys. Uh, I, I want the best for you. And like I say, as I go up, I want you guys to go up as well. I don't want to be the one having all the fun. Because it's no fun for you to sit here and watch me on YouTube, which I'm not a flashy guy, so I don't really flash much stuff. But as far as if we have conversations on Instagram, which I do with a few of the subscribers, I say, hey, you know, hey, what's up? How's the things going? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, I want you to be excelling as well. I want you to peak 
as well. I don't want you to be struggling. That's not fun, especially for in a sustained amount of time. If you've been struggling for five years, that's a problem. That's a big problem because you can fix your credit in five years. You can get that, take care of that repo in five years. You can get stuff out of collections. You can, you can wipe that stuff out in five years. You can change your income in five years. This is the stuff I'm telling you about. So this broke barber mindset, this lack of accountability, you have to be responsible for your actions and what's going on in your life. Don't blame anyone else because you're in control of your story. It's your story. You're able to write it. And look, until you die, the chapter doesn't end. You can just, all right, bookmark that chapter. Let's start with a new one. You can keep writing the story as long as you're alive. And I know it, it, it sucks because it's, it doesn't feel like there's a way out. And trust me, I know being broke is not cool at all. Not cool at all. Like literally having to go to work to have money, which we all do for the most part. Most people do this anyway, but meaning if I didn't work that day, I would not have any money. These are the type of situations that I was in. If my car were to break down and luckily it didn't, I would have been screwed. I think I was just a, quite a bit lucky along the way because I would have things that would happen that was like, ooh, man, that ooh, good thing that happened. That saved my bacon. And I was able to do something else and stay stay above. And, you know, along the way, you know, I, there are opportunities I had that I did not take advantage of. And thinking back on this stuff now with the knowledge that I have now, it, it is very frustrating to know because just thinking like, damn it, what? I should have done this in this situation. And this is why I want you guys to be on point, being a viable person in today's society, being able to take advantage of opportunities that are presented whenever they're presented, however they're presented. Because is uh, this is from experience, guys. There's nothing worse than not being able to take advantage of a life-changing opportunity or just a game-changer or just something that really can propel you forward. There's nothing worse than not being able to take advantage of opportunities like that. It sucks, guys. And I've been in a few situations like this where, hey, my credit wasn't good. Hey, my income wasn't good. Or, I, as, as you new guys say, fumble the bag. <laughs> that's a, that's a, such a funny, uh, funny saying, fumble the bag. So I've fumbled the bag before, you know, I've come into some money and then dicked it off. Not having uh, sound financial principles. I have these now. I know my goals and I already have goals for what I want to do for 2022. Man, it's still, it feels so weird saying that 2022. Wow. I hope you guys had a good year. I mean, did you guys? Let me know in the comments. And you see what I'm saying? You guys were crickets in the comments. You guys were crickets in the comments on your goals. And this is the thing I'm talking about. You got to be able to, to geez, you got to be able to express yourself and talk about your goals. It's easy. I have no problem. I have no problem telling people what I want out of the next 10 years because I'm so headstrong that I'm going to accomplish my goals. That if I tell you something, I have no problem with it because, hey, let's say two years, five years, whatever, you come back to me and say, yo, what's up with this, man? I heard you talking about this stuff a while ago. Is that true? Did it happen? Yeah, yeah, it actually did. And uh, this is how it happened. It, 
either went according to plan or it went better than I planned. This is what I want. Like, if you guys want to hold me accountable to stuff, go right ahead. Just like when I tell you guys uh, with investing, start investing. I was telling you guys this at the beginning of the pandemic, and I hope you guys did it. I'm not sure if you did. There's links in the description below to uh, Robinhood, Webull, M1. So if you want a brokerage to start investing and get your investing journey started, use my uh, referral link in the description below. Because I always tell people this, and I tell people, uh, well, yeah, yeah, I tell people on consults, if you're going to start investing, you you quickly want to get your portfolio to $100,000. You want to quickly get to 100K as quickly as possible. Now, I know a lot of you may not even make 100K a year. Or some of you might say, oh, man, it's really hard to save 100K in a short amount of time based upon my income. And yes, that might be true. That might, might be well and good. But you need to get there as quickly as possible. You need to push yourself. Whether you start a side hustle, you get a little second job, like whatever, you need to get there as quickly as possible because the quickly, the quicker you can get, what the hell is this? Oh, or yeah, shoestring. Um, the quicker you can get to 100K, the quicker you're going to really feel, oh my God, I need a drink. <coughs> the quicker you're going to feel the effects of compound interest. Because when you're investing $2,000 a year, Three to four thousand dollars a year, which ain't a lot of money. I'm just gonna be real. Two, three, five thousand dollars. That's not a lot of money, guys. When you're doing this and you're trying to get to a hundred thousand dollars a year, I'm not even gonna pull up the the compound interest calculator. I'm not even gonna pull it up. You could do it yourself. Go to moneychimp.com. It's gonna take you a while getting there. And you're gonna feel like, oh man, you know, I got eight percent return this year. Whoop de doo. This What's 8% of 2,000? Uh, that is what? Uh, no. 160? Yeah, $160? Yeah. So that's that's not that big of a return. And you keep doing this year over year, and you're not seeing the returns. Like, you're not, you're not able to... Join in all the fun of what you see other people talking about where they're like, oh, my portfolio went up over $10,000 this year or my portfolio went up $20,000 this year, but yours went up a, a buck 60. Yeah, about that. This is why I tell you, you need to quickly get to 100K as quickly as possible, guys, because you're going to start seeing the effects of compound interest. I was talking to one of my clients yeah, yeah, yes, yesterday. And he was, we were talking about investing briefly right before he left. And he, he told me, you know, his investments weren't doing that good. And I was like, really? I was like, man, mine are doing pretty good. And also, you know, you got to learn how to filter out the noise because, and we're going to get back to the investing talk. You got to filter out through the noise because there's a lot of stuff here on YouTube. Like, oh, the market's down. Oh, the market's doing this. Oh, red, red, blood, red. Like, oh, the market's crazy. Oh, it's crashing. Da, da, da. When I kid you not, when I showed him my portfolio yesterday, my portfolio over the last month has gone up 8%. So just saying, you know, and this isn't a portfolio constructed of like two companies or three companies and, you know, maybe like one or two of them like just did good over the last month. No, this is 20 plus companies that I have in this particular portfolio and it went up 8%, which 
in the gains which he saw was over I think it was fifty four hundred dollars in gains in one month from this portfolio. And this is why I tell you, you have to get to 100K as quickly as possible because you can start feeling the gains. You can feel the gains quickly. When your portfolio is small, I'm telling you, it's gonna take a lot of discipline. There's gonna be a massive mental shift because you're gonna have to really be headstrong to stay in the game when you're only seeing minuscule returns. It's very difficult. But this is why I tell you to put this stuff on autopilot and really just not think about it, especially if you're not one to be in and out of stocks, you're researching individual companies and things like that. Just get an index fund or ETF and just do it that way. Because I have another portfolio where I house ETFs and I just put the money in every month and I don't even think about it. That portfolio, I don't even think about it. I just put the stuff in, don't even think about it. Now, there is a purpose for that portfolio and smash the like button if you're in the building, guys. I would appreciate it to help this video get out to more people. That portfolio is for a totally different thing. And we're not even going to talk about this stuff now because we got to talk about not being a broke barber. I want you guys to be well. Once I retire from barbering, and again, trust me, I'm pretty sure YouTube's going to be around. I'm going to post it and I'm going to post the lifestyle. I'm going to show you what I've been working for over these last 10 years. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, I have clearly said many, multiple times on this channel that I plan to retire at the age of 50 from barbering, if not sooner, right? Um, mainly because my kids will be around legal age around the time where I'm 50 and 52. And I want to be financially set where I have this. The goal is to have, well, one, become a millionaire, but have a million dollars of investable assets to help me live off of in retirement and can also continue to grow those assets. So it won't be something where I just completely stop at that point in time. No, I will continue to grow the pie and build upon my net worth. So eventually the goal is to have a million dollars a year in passive income. That is the long-term goal. So these are those things... <laughs> These are those things that I want you guys to get used, of, used to because some of you, this territory of success, this, ter this territory of having a lot of money or having access or just being around a lot of money is very unfamiliar to a lot of you. A lot of you, this is a foreign concept of having $20,000, $30,000 in your bank account to have over $100,000 in an investment account that you can get access to fairly quickly. I want you. I want this to be normal for you guys. I want you guys to not have any debts, right? Yeah, not not have any debts because this stuff will smother you when you're trying to build wealth, especially if your income isn't in a higher echelon. Guys, the debt's gonna kill you guys. Stop being a broke barber. The the car payments, credit cards, personal or student loans, mortgage. That's cool, but all those other things, you want to get this stuff out of your life because you want to free up your income to to really divert this into another arena where, okay, all this money I just saved from, whether it's a credit card, car loan, student loan, ooh, I'm going to divert this to my investment account. And the problem is with a lot of people is you guys have these expensive car payments, but you're not at least putting the amount of the car payment in an investment account. I will feel better and sleep well at night knowing that 
you guys aren't doing this. And I talked about this before in a previous podcast, which was actually kind of interesting because I'm trying to remember someone sent something to me. When, oh, no, 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 no. It was, uh, okay, reference of video time. So I have a video called Advice for Teenage Barbers, Barbers in the 20s, Barbers in the 30s, and then Barbers in the 40s. This is on the channel. This video was intended for people to watch whenever they want, whatever video fits your narrative. And a lot of it, what, let's say you're in the 20s. The stuff from the teens applies there, or maybe stuff in the 30s might apply to you. But I put these this series of videos out, and it's on the channel. Uh, I think it's in the Barber Game tab. If you look at the playlist of Barber Game, it's in there. And this is basically a roadmap for success. I guarantee you, if you follow all of those things in these videos, you will succeed. Guaranteed. No, okay, let me caveat. Outside of abnormal circumstance of, you know, a health event where like maybe you develop some immuno def uh, immune deficiency or like have a heart attack or stroke or something weird like that. You know, outside of those types of circumstances, you will be successful. OK, let me go to the comments. So Money Bear says it's 32 too old to start barber college. Uh, Money Bear. No, it is not too old. Uh if you, I'm, I'm going to assume Money Bear is new to the channel. And shout out to everyone who's watching. I see. So, uh, if you guys have questions, I'm going to open up the floor here uh, a little bit. What, what time are we at right now? Jeez. What time are we at? Okay. We're right around 30 minutes. Perfect. Because I want to keep this this one uh, short and sweet for the most part. You know, these podcasts can range anywhere from an hour to two. But I'm going to open up the floor for questions. So, guys, drop questions. Look, I'm not going to be like, yo, drop a super chat and blah, blah. If you want to drop a super chat, you could drop a super chat because I give out a lot of value on the channel. So I guess it will be one of those things where it's like reciprocate. You know, anywho, if you have questions, drop them in the comments, but I'm going to go to the comments and uh, answer some questions. So Money Bear saying who I assume is not familiar with this channel and has not been around for a while. If you're if you're new subscribe press the notification bell you probably want to go check out a lot of the old content there's a lot of good stuff here now money bear to answer your question no i started barber college when i was 36 years old if uh, my memory serves me correctly was it 35 actually i turned yeah it was 35 i turned 36 whilst in barber college i remember uh, because I started, well, I'm 41 now. I started when I was, well, no, I moved here to Dallas in 2016, September 2016. I started Barber College, like basically like a week or two after something like that. I, I moved here and yeah, my birthday was like a month later. And yeah, so I started at 35. So 33 is not too old. Don't ever count yourself out. These are those mental games that life plays on you. This stuff is tomfoolery. It's ridiculous. You might see people that are doing good in their 20s. That's all well and good. Let them run their race. You run your own race. Like I said earlier, you are able to write your own story. You are the captain of your ship. He who writes history controls history. You're able to control your own story. So get off of that bullshit of 33 is too old. 
there were people in barber college when I went, they were older than me. And of course, people that were a lot younger than me. But what you have on your side is age and wisdom, especially me, because I've ran a business before I've had a business. So I understand, I understand how business works. So coming into barber college and going into barber, I was like, this is pretty simple. It's, you know, it's not too difficult of an industry to figure out as, as far as uh, certain assets, aspects of the business. Um, pretty, pretty easy, but 33 is definitely not too old. The only thing I will tell you is just start now. Stop bullshitting and start now because time waits for no man. You're at that age where you're on the starting to get on the middle to latter portion of your life. So don't bullshit. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm not sure where you are financially right now. If you have plans to retire, what age that might be. Shout out to Money Bear in the super chat. And hey, if y'all want to keep the, the party going. I will much greatly appreciate it, but start now, put plans together. And again, this is what I do in the consults. I help people put plans together. I help you guys get on track because things might seem difficult in your brain and however you're trying to work it. But if you get a second set of eyes on this thing and have them look, you know, totally objective point of view, third party scenario, I have no horse in this race but your best intentions, hey, look, okay, this, this, oh, yeah, yeah, just move this little piece here, boom, 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 yeah, just get rid of it. A lot of times, again, guys, people, you're in your own way a lot of the time. You're scared to do stuff because you're like, oh, I don't want to, and it's hard. Of course, it's hard, guys. It's hard. Yeah. Okay, it's life. Relax. Okay, so Zach Bell, he's asking, what, what some investments are you into? Okay, I'm going I'm to assume he means what kind of investments am I into? So I have three different portfolios. So I have a portfolio for dividends. I have a portfolio where, it's, again, like I said, it's just ETFs. And then I have a portfolio where I play around, <laughs> where I do, I do some more risky stuff. You know, I, I take some, uh, some risk with my money. And another thing, Zach Bell, I'm not sure if you're still in the building. And guys, if you have questions, drop them in the comments. This is the time for this is the Q&A portion of the podcast. So this is why you again, guys, this goes back to money, but you got to get out of that broke mindset of being the broke barber, because I'm telling you, when you start making money and this stuff starts, be, starts to become familiar, it's it's just an everyday thing for you. It's not, it's not like you're, Ooh, man, I just made $5,000. Oh, I just made $10,000. You're like, Oh, like it's like, yeah, it's great. Let's keep moving forward. Okay. But here's the thing. I love that portfolio where I take risk and, you know, play, you know, have, have some fun because that allows me to make money really with very little risk because you might think like, man, you just spent a few thousand bucks on this and it might not work, but here's the, the kicker, especially with last year because, you know, the ink has dried on 2021. There's no going back. Well, in certain tax situations, you can kind of go back, but nevertheless, the, the ink has dried in that paper. And there were things that I was doing in 2021 where I was like, I was selling off losing companies because I'm tax loss harvesting. I'm like, oh man, I, I know I have this many gains and I'm going to have to pay taxes on a lot of these short-term capital gains. And I'm like, okay, let me sell this loser, which means that allows me to take more risk because I have all these wins. I can take a risk. 
lose and be happy to lose. <laughs> that That's what I'm saying with money and getting out of that broke scenario, being the broke barber, because the ordinary person, you can't take that risk the same way I could take the risk. You're taking the risk sweating all, uh, along the way. I'm taking the risk smiling because it's like heads I win, tails I win bigger. So it's, it's a win-win. But the dividend portfolio, I've, I've, ha I've done videos. I don't really do many videos uh, these days. But you can go back. I think... All I think I have I still have all of the companies that I showed in I guess whenever I last posted my portfolio. I think I may have yeah, I know I sold Microsoft and I don't think I added any companies. But the portfolio's bigger now. But um I'm trying to think. But yeah, all those companies are the same. The ETF portfolio in M1, that's where I have it in M1, they I have VTI, VU, QQQ, VTI, v, yeah, V, geez, I'm trying to remember which, VTI, VU, QQQ, oh, and VCR. I was like, man, what's, it, what's the other one? I was tripping. Uh, but yeah, I, I hold these four ETFs in M1, and this is my house fund. So this money that I put in this investment account is solely to pay off the house. All of this money that I have, I'm going to invest, invest, invest a ton of money into this, especially over the next two years. That's the plan is to just bombard this portfolio with cash and get this up to an amount close to where we can pay off this house. Or honestly, there's a, I have a few options. Again, guys, this is why it's so important to have money. This is why it's so important to be in a higher tier of society and you could actually do different things. You see when you're broke and you're doing like weird stuff, you don't have many options. You're not that mobile. You're not that agile. You're stiff. You got a brace on your leg. You know, you might have a cast, you know, you might, might be recovering, you know, your muscles may have atrophied. So they may not function the same guys. I'm telling you, you got to get out of that because when you can be more upwardly mobile financially, it's a game changer. So, there's a few options I have, and I'll share these with you. Over the next two years, I said, I want to have enough money to be able to pay off this house that I'm in now. And in doing so, it gives me options. Here's option one. And I, there may be four options, maybe more, maybe, I don't know. But we're going to go through the options. Option one, take the money, pay off the house. And the plan is to move out of here, put a renter in here, and then move into the dream house. Option two. Get enough money to pay off this house, but instead of paying off the house, buy uh, another house, another rental. Pay for that one with cash, put a renter in it, collect that rental income for a year, and move out and get the dream house. And of course, move out of this house. I'll still have the mortgage on this one. I'll have the rental income from the other one to pay for this house, and I'll have the rental income from this house to pay for the other house because this house will be able to fetch more money than if I do buy another rental here in Texas. Cause I don't know if I want to buy another rental here in Texas. We'll, we'll see about that. Uh, cause I have some other loftier goals outside of Texas, but, uh, that's another option. Uh, let me see. What's the other option. Oh, no, we're not going to go to the other options because it's just subtle nuance of, those other options. It's just 
have the money, let's say, take on another mortgage of another rental, don't pay for it in cash right away, but instead hold on to, and I'll just share it with you guys, hold on to all of that money that we put into this investment account, let it compound year over year, because again, guys, when your money compounds, money compounds differently at $10,000 and $200,000, okay? Or we'll just say $20,000 and $200,000. The money compounds differently. So you get a 10% return to $2,000, that's only $200. 10% compounding at $200,000, that's $20,000. There's a big difference. So you see what I'm saying? Where I may keep the, the money in the investment account a little longer just to get free money basically because as the years go roll over you know year over year the portfolio is going to grow and it's going to track with the market and if it, let's say the portfolio compounds let's just say 10 percent, just easy number right that's an easy 18 to twenty thousand dollars that i didn't do anything for instead of me withdrawing all of that throwing it and paying off the house straight away and whilst, yes, I will have rental income, the, the, the reality of me having rental income is not going to change. I'm going to have rental income whether it's paid off or not. So that's the scenario. Maybe just hold on to it and just let it compound a little bit. And see, these are, and this is what I'm saying, guys. These are the type of problems that I have. I don't have these other weird problems. This is where I want you guys to get, where you have problems like this, where you're like, hmm, do I want to make more money or do I want to make even more money? So do you see what I'm saying, guys? These are the problems that I have in my life. And it's funny because I talk to some of my clients and they're like, man, you got like rich people problems. And I'm like, I'm not rich, but I do understand what you're saying because I, I have problems that the ordinary person doesn't have. I have scenarios and things that are afforded to me that aren't to the norm, normal person. Or they're maybe just not thinking about it. Honestly, everyone has these options. It's just you're not taking advantage of it. So DM, he says, when I visit Dallas this year, I want to set up a haircut appointment. Hey, book the uh, or download the app. I do a barber. And yeah, I'll, I'm your Huckleberry. And guys, if you have any more questions, I'll take a couple more questions before we end this podcast. So drop them in the comments. Don't be shocked. Close mouths don't get fed, guys. This is a Q&A. I'm not even asking you to send a super chat. And Money Bench sent a super chat. Shout out to him. So if you want to send a super chat, you can send a super chat. But I'm telling you, ask me a question now for free. Okay. And I'll answer your question. So Ricky says, can I be an apprentice at 16? Now, I don't know the the laws. Jeez. I don't know the laws for apprenticeship. Uh, really, and I don't know what state you're in. Uh, I know here in Texas, we don't do uh, apprenticeships. But I think... I think some people do. You might be able to at 16. But honestly, I would just uh, call your local state. Like, let's say you live in Florida. So you would call FDLR. Or if you're in California, you'd call C what? CDLR. Yeah, you will call this department. Or honestly, just talk to the barbers. Like, talk to the communities. Like, see what's going on. Because I'm only assuming you're asking. Uh, the reason you're asking about apprenticeship is because it's allowed in your state. So, oh, okay, Ricky, you're you're in Texas. No, <laughs> not going to happen. So I'm here in Texas, okay? <laughs> not going to happen, all right? You're not going to get an apprenticeship here. However, actually, I just thought about something. Uh, I'm not sure where you live in Texas, Ricky, but 
if you're really headstrong, and again, guys, if you have questions, uh, drop them in the comments. Um, if you're really determined to become an apprentice or get your license, here's one thing, because I'm going to assume you're in high school. Some high schools offer a program where you can take either a, the barber course or the stylist course, and by the time you graduate, you can have your license. And so you don't have to worry about the rigmarole of going through barber college once you graduate and paying the absorbent amount of uh, student loan or uh, the cost of barber college. You don't have to worry about that. As soon as you graduate, you have your license. Now, here's the thing, because I want to get your mind straight. Let's say you don't find a high school that offers the barbering program. Well and good. But however, let's say you find one that does offer the beauty or stylist portion of the program. I will tell you, do it. Do it. It's going to save you money, and I'm going to tell you why and how. You get your license as a stylist. You get the license when you're 18. I'm let's be real, buddy. Okay. I'm going to assume you're cutting hair now and you will be for the next few years. When you go into a barbershop, and you can go in there with your beauty license and cut hair as a barber. Trust me, you will be fine. Because I'm gonna tell you what, as my many years of being a barber, my literally, my license, like as far as like where I work in the suite, my license is like right here, like right above my head, like this level, easily and is you know, very uh conspicuous. Easily to see. And no one asked me about that license. No one asked me like, oh, is that expired? Like, oh, oh is... no one's going to be like, oh, you're a hairstylist. Oh, never mind. They're not looking at that. All people care about are your skills and can you do the job? That's all people care about. Okay, so get that idea out of your head that, oh, I, you know, I got to have the barber license. But if you do, let's just say you do want to get the barber license. Here's what you need to do. It's much cheaper to do the crossover program to go through the entire program. This is why I say, try to find a high school that offers this program. And I, and when I was in the barber instructor program, there was a girl who had gone through a program like that. And that, that's how I found out about this. And I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. So I was like, you did this in high school. And as soon as you graduated, you had your license and you're like off to making money. And with barbering, as some of you know, or may not know, you could easily make good money straight away. I know people who have, went right out of college and went to a place and made really good money, you know, just saying. So that's your options, Ricky. All right. So bearded Vado, he's out of here. So he says, uh, here we are. Razor Ramon, the barber, <laughs> interesting name. He says, I'm on a 50, 50 commission and I'm trying to get out of it. Cause I'm paying at least $200 or no $2,000 a month. But I can't take any slow days, so I'm waiting to move because I need the funds. Yeah, and see, that's one of those shitty situations where you get caught up in a, a commission scenario where you, you're getting the raw end of the stick. You got a raw deal out of all of this, and that's not cool. You know, I know people that I went to barber college with that went on to do a commission-based structure, and they're making good money, guys. They're making good money. Um, the thing is, when you go to a commission shop, you want to go to a place where they're charging a lot of money for haircuts because, again, I talked about the death of the $20 barber uh, earlier, but let's say you go to a commission place that's charging, like this guy, Raising Ramon the Barber, is charging 50-50 commission. Now, let's say they charge $40 a haircut. 
50 50 you get 20 dollars a haircut so that's you're just like a 20 dollar barber now what you have to think is people who can afford a 40 dollar haircut are probably going to tip or be more gracious with their money versus people who are paying 15 to 20 dollars which means after tips and gratuity you will still make some decent money but if you're at a place that's charging 25 30 50 50 there you might as well just go work at great clips or just go work at a booth rental place where you're charging $20. So you're screwed. But there are some scenarios where, you know, you can go to a place where it's in a good area. And for those of you that are thinking about doing commission, I recommend that you do this. Go work at a commission place that is in a nice area, a nice upscale area where they charge an absorbent amount for haircuts. And you know, they have clientele. I have people that I went to barber college with that are in scenarios like this now where they're getting 60, 40 commissions. You know, some people, some places may start you off 50, 50, but then bump you up to 60, 40. And they're in these scenarios. And I tell you what, they're making good money for themselves as a barber. And they literally just walk their candied asses into the barbershop and just start making money because these places already have an existing clientele book of clients to, you know, where they're, need barbers to service them and they just walked into a great scenario and if you don't want to do any work if you don't want to promote yourself you don't want to advertise if you don't want to have to just worry about that grind of building clientele that's the perfect scenario you can make good look if you can make 70 80 thousand dollars and and this is around like what these guys are making like 70 to 80 thousand dollars doing commission that's good money guys 70 to 80,000, that's above average. And we, we talked about this in one of the podcasts in, uh, over previous month or two where we were looking at the average income in the U.S. or the median income in the U.S. That's above average money. And you could do a lot with that, especially as a single person. If you're single, you could do a lot with 70 to $80,000. And these people are in these scenarios. And so I say that to tell you that, you know, this stuff is possible. you got to really humble yourself and say, hey, I'll just put up with this now, but this will just be the building blocks for my success. I'm not going to pigeonhole myself to this permanently, but I'm definitely going to use this as the catalyst to move myself forward financially, personally, and make my life better. So in this pursuit of whatever you're trying to pursue, I know what I'm trying to pursue. You have to look out for numero uno at the end of the day. And that's what it comes down to. So I'm going to wrap up the podcast. I think that's all. Um, yeah, I think that's it. No more questions. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go back to watching the Cowboys get spanked because uh, at least last time I looked, they were losing. Uh, but yeah, because, you know, I live here in Dallas. Uh, the barbershop that I work at, the owner is an avid Cowboy fan, and he's actually quite annoying to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> it's actually really annoying. But I'm going to get back to the game. I'm going to be dropping some content because I know some of you guys were worried. Like, oh, man, when are you going to be dropping some, comment, some content? I've got some stuff coming. I was working on a video actually today. I'm actually going to continue to work on it uh, later. It'll be out later this week, and I've got some other stuff coming. I've got a new series of videos called the Barbershop Chronicles. I already dropped episode one in the Barbershop Chronicles, which was uh, Should You Carry a Gun as a Barber? So if you want to go check that video out, uh, yeah, go check that video out because... Yeah, maybe some things that you have not thought about. So, yeah.
Um, yeah, so I'll see you guys later, man. It's been your man. I do it. Signing out. Dahala.